Welcome back, boyfriends, girlfriends, all friends, all creatures great and small. Welcome to the Traumedy Podcast. Kenneth Allen bringing you another, as I predicted, as I promised, another weekly installment of the Traumedy Podcast. <clears throat> I said I was going to be here on, on Wednesday. I know, I know, I know. Easy peasy, bro. E- easy. Ease it back. Ease it back. I had some stuff going on yesterday. I had some big stuff. Listen, I've been training for this marathon and uh, running a lot. And, and I had to bring the dog out. I got the old dog arena running with me. It's incredible how quickly a little pup picks up on all the little cues on the leash and then listens to the voice. And uh, as I'm running around this whole area, we just get into some trouble. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. So I've been I've been running around now. Listen, this is the new Unitet's Treehouse Studios, and if you hear any ambient noise, that's because the new recorder is very ambient friendly, and so you're gonna be able to hear a lot of stuff here. I've turned down the gain on this, so hopefully you don't catch too many pops and s's and p's here. But uh, the occasional breeze might blow through, and might blow right to you. So I want to just preempt this whole podcast by saying, yeah, I'm outside on the deck and I'm enjoying a beautiful spring afternoon and a gorgeous week. So how's everybody doing? Tromedy Podcast. Yeah. Remember this thing? Remember this old guy? This old gamer, she still keeps coming out every week doing a high-legged shuffle for y'all and loves to be out there just doing her thing. Sooner or later, we're going to get picked up. It's gorgeous. So I'm loving this day. It's really nice. And like I said, getting up in the morning and doing a little workout is is, is quite a, an affirmation of uh, what's to come. So I've been training for this marathon, and I got this new dog. And we start running. Now, here's the thing. I got him already running around, right healing next to me. I think he's got some kind of border collie or, or something in him because he, he does want to get really close to my legs when I'm running. And to the point where he'll he'll trip me up, man. And I'm like, hey, 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 easy. Back it down. You know, scoot off a little ways. But then as soon as we start running, he's sniffing every little whiff out there. And I can't stop it, so I'll kind of slow down the pace. And so it kind of slows down my pace. And, but who cares? It's a new pup, and I'm running a new route. So what I want to do is make sure that the dog doesn't get lost. So every little sniff, every little... P is good to track if it gets lost out there somewhere. He can track his way home is the ideal thing. So every time I trailblaze, I let him uh, leave a little marking, which is great. And then furthermore, what's even cooler is, I mean, I had this dog for like a week. And I'm already off leash with the damn thing. Not on the street, not on not on the uh, main roads because I, I just, I, I don't trust that yet. But what I do is I run to the uh, golf course and then I just take him off leash in the golf course. And then I'll run. And guess what? He starts running with me. All of a sudden, whoa, gets a little whiff on something. Uh-oh, he's gone. But I just keep running. I don't care. I'm not going to flex. I'm not going to be, you know, hey, get, get over here. No, dude. Let him get some get some independence. Get a little distance, you know. Uh, the other day we were running. There was a guy. I never even thought you could do this. There was a guy golfing. And had his chocolate lab with him. But it was just those two guys. Just a guy and his dog. Just a, just a boy and his dog with the help of his friends. 
No, it was a guy and his dog, and and and, and he'd hit the ball. He, you know, he, he'd get a chip shot. Then he'd whip out that old tennis ball, huck it, and then have, you know have the chocolate lab go run after it. And I thought, damn it, that's a great afternoon. Uh, so we were running on the on the golf course, and and Smokey would keep up with me, then smell something, and then uh, leave a mark. I keep running, then he comes bolting after me, and that's kind of his style. I think he's more of a, a ferreter and a, and a you know uh, an investigator than he is a sled dog, which is great. I don't mind, whatever. Um, he was he was tracking another dog. He saw him a couple, like he saw him about a quarter mile away, and I saw him tense up and then start walking. He got a little closer to me. And then he was like tracking him with me as I'm running. And he actually got down to the ground and he was like half, he wasn't even crawling, but he had like crouched down. He was like, he was like crawling up like snake, you know, like a snake coming up. And I'm like, Ooh, who taught you that move? That's pretty dope. You know what I mean? He's not crawling on the ground, but he's so low that his legs, he's, his belly's touching the ground, but he's walking. It was a chihuahua. So that was the whole reason why I had to get that low. Uh, so he's brushing up against stuff and, you know, and, and meeting new dogs. <laughs> hey, life is great when you're a dog. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, it's just cool. I, I gotta be honest about it. Uh, here's the thing. Let him off leash for a little too long or just give him some independence. Not a big deal. No problems have happened, ladies and gentlemen. But here's what's, here, here's the result. Get back here, petting him, tell him what a good boy he is. Cause damn, he keeps coming back to me and running up the steps and then coming back to make sure I'm there. Anyway, he's a good dog. I'm petting him, letting him know. All of a sudden, I feel a little nodule. What the heck is this? Uh-oh, the nodule starts moving. Guess what it is. Clawed up under my fingernail. Oh, Jesus. Oh, gilly golly, no. It's a, say it with me now, T-I-C-K. The old tick. Moving in on him. Moving in on my dude. And I can't have that. I can't have that. You know what I mean? So, I got some issues with the ticks, and uh, I spoke to, to a couple people and, and realized uh, it's going to be a record tick season. Just like it's always a record fire season, apparently this year it's a record tick season. So, if that's the case, I can't have that. can't have my dog getting infested with no tick. And so, yesterday I had spent the day at the vet. Now, listen, I already gave him the, the Advantix. That didn't work. Um, so I brought him in in there. We, you know, brought him in there and made sure well, that was fine. Got some blood drawn and everything. He, he had to get his regular checkup. He's a young guy. You know, he's got to get his physical. He's like a young Carl Drago, dude. Uh, and we had to get him checked out. So while I was there, I said, "Hey, I, I need. I want to get some other stuff taken care of. What about all these tick situations? What do we do about it? How do I deal with it? How do I deal with ticks? When do I start worrying about?" Lyme disease. And that's what today's podcast is about. <laughs> so that was the whole idea. Was, was that sitting there going, damn it, I really wanted to talk. And I went, why don't I just do it about Lyme's disease? So here's some things to uh, educate you about the disease. And here's some things to know about what to look for with the disease. And here's the common treatments. And also uh, a little bit of the background of uh, Lyme disease. Um, yeah. So, just before we get started, I want everybody to remember to find us on uh, Tromedy, www.tromedypodcast.com, T-R-A-U-M-E-D-Y, podcast.com, also on iTunes and Stitcher, coming shortly to SoundCloud and all the rest. Also, 
tell everybody about us. You can find us on Facebook, and we're going to be having a fundraiser coming up in July. More of that to come. By the way, crazy new food feature on this um, podcast is the recorder that I have. I got a great little Zoom recorder. I used to have a great dependable little Zoomy uh, H2 Zoom. I got an H4N Pro. I think I'm going to upgrade to the N H6. Uh, for all you techies out there, you know what I'm talking about? Probably most of you don't. And it doesn't really matter. I'm learning new stuff on this podcast. Uh, I'm learning more about technical, mechanical electronics because of the podcast, even more so than I really did with um, recording music, which is awesome. But one of the new features on this H4N is I can push pause and I can uh, come right back to it. I don't think I just push pause, though. I think I just push stop. So I'm recording on a new track. Damn it. So I'm not even doing the feature that I'm talking about. But I can pause recording. I can come right back. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, so anyway, now I have, to, I have to put two of these things together for this podcast. But that last one, I don't have to. Put it right together. It's seamless. It's going to be seamless for you. That was four hours before I'd start talking again. Or maybe it was two seconds. Who knows? You won't know. Theater of the mind, people's... Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. So I'm trying out some new stuff. Whatever, man. Let's get into the Lyme's disease. It's not Lyme's disease. Everybody calls it Lyme's disease. It's Lyme disease. Everybody wants to know about it. Everyone's asking me, can I, can I tell me about this Lyme, this Lyme, that. I'm here to tell you and set the record straight. It's a disease. Okay. And, and no one's no one's arguing that. But what they are arguing is, is it serious? Is it not serious? I'll tell you right here. It's serious. It is actually a pretty serious disease. And I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Uh, I have a couple people in my life, actually, that I know that had have Lyme disease or are being treated for Lyme disease currently. And it will really, really screw you up. So don't... Don't, uh, if you're out there specifically, if you go out in the outdoors, right, and you know, you're an avid hiker, runner, biker, um, gunner, you know, I'm trying to rhyme. If you are a hunter, you know, this, this is really decimating our population, not decimating, you know what I mean? It's affecting us, us hunters. Yeah, like I go out and hunt, but I do have, uh, hey, 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 I will be, uh, I got my waterfowl license, so what's up? It really is something to pay attention to and not to ignore. In fact, it's very, very treatable if you catch it and you take care of it. And there are some obvious signs that you have been infected by Lyme disease. And it's really treatable if you take care of it early. So also, we can take care of it ourselves. We know ourselves and we know we can communicate with friends, friends, other humans. And and if you see something, don't ignore it. Don't be the person that stays out of the hospital, even if you're a, well, I'll, I'll fix it myself kind of person. Go out there and make sure you get treatment. Get to the hospital. It's real simply taken care of by antibiotics. So what is Lyme disease? Hey, guys, I'm literally watching two eagles play in the sky right now. It's pretty incredible. Oh, I love this place. I love my house. I love my life. All right, so now... The issue is, though, how am I going to find out if my dog has it? You know, how am I going to deal with this? I, I talked to my friend Phil Harvey. Um, he was a, a firefighter. Uh, I'm sorry, he was not a firefighter, but he was San Francisco uh, EMS chief, Phil Harvey, who also lives in my area. 
and uh, I he he walks a uh, a horse around here. He's got a horse, and, they, and he routinely comes by here and is like, "Hey, hey, howdy, Ken! How, I'm going I'm to come up here, okay? And now I'm going to cast. I'm going to I'm going to latch you up. I'm coming up. I'm coming up, kid." Hey. So uh, I saw him the other day. In fact, if you watch my Instagram, he was on that Instagram. Uh, the dog and the, the horse met, and they were a couple of pards. So I asked him about ticks. I said, what do you know about ticks and, like, horses, any issues? And he said, you know what? As far as I know, apparently not an issue for horses, but definitely for dogs, definitely for humans. And when there is this really uh, – here, here's something you don't think about very often. You know why, like, real bad pandemics start – this is just a sidebar. Pandemics start when animals, livestock, and humans intermingle. That's why we get things like, guess what? Swine flu. Know why it's called swine flu? Because it came from pigs. And it was a, it was a uh, virus or it was an influenza that can jump species. And once that happens, you're in big trouble. Avian flu, another one where it, once the composition of it is such that it can jump to another species, that's the introduction of that uh, strain into a new species. And there's probably no medication that we have specifically to treat that. So things like avian flu, swine flu, H1N1 is what they call it now, because guess what was happening? In third world countries where they heard swine flu, and, and here actually, Everybody was decimating pigs, killing off all the swine, man. Right? So they changed it to H1N1. Um, AIDS, actually, was, you hear it was from monkeys. Now, the whole story was some dude, some dude had sex with a chimp, dude. <laughs> That's how AIDS got started. Some crazy scientist was getting down with apes, bro. You know, uh, that's not what happened. What happened was it was a scientist. I believe he was a like a Dutch scientist. And he was working with monkeys and they were doing laboratory work with chimpanzees. Chimpanzees, not monkeys. And, um, you know, not wearing gloves. And they were, they cross-contaminated. And that was probably the first introduction of the uh, HIV virus to, to humans. It was back in the 50s. So a long time ago. But that's where things start to jump. And, and with Lyme disease, getting back to it, I'm not going to be having sex with any animals, but we don't have to because the vector is not the animal. It's, it's, the, it's the arachnid. It's the tick. What tick are we talking about? But really, down below it, it's not the tick itself that's spreading the disease. It's the bacteria that the tick has that's being spread via the tick. And therein lies the problem. The vector is the tick, meaning the way that it transfers from one animal to the next is the tick. It's the injection, right? But the the creature that causes the... Uh, that causes Lyme disease. It's a bacteria. Uh, it's called Borrelia. And that bacteria is a spirit heap, meaning if you look at the, sh the shape of that bacteria, it looks like a spiral. Uh, and it kind of worms into things. There's another one, if you don't know of, uh, another kind of spirochete um, that causes, well, syphilis. That's another spirochete. And that's another one that has a 
number of signs and symptoms that if you treat very early, you're not going to get because it's treated very easily with antibiotics. If you ignore it, if you pretend like it's not there, if you put your head in the sand, you're done for. And the same thing goes for Lyme disease. So the Lyme disease is a spirochete. Lyme disease, spirochete, that is uh, inside the uh, tick that can be transmitted within about 24 to 72 hours. So it has to not just crawl on you, but batten onto you. Burrow into your skin and start to suck your blood. And as that's happening, obviously it's got dirty mouth. It can pass that on to you and... Uh, eventually, if you don't treat it, uh, it can get into the rest of your system and cause some serious, serious problems. So, this bacteria, the big ones they treat, they, they look for are uh, Borrelia, Borgdorferi, Borgdorferi, or uh, Borrelia mayonii. So, um, and I'll get to why they've named them those. But, it's a recently diagnosed disease. This may have been around for centuries, but really this disease started to finally get notoriety in the 80s, in the early 80s, if you can believe that, in the 1980s. It's, it's a recently diagnosed disease. And does anybody know where it started? In the U.S., that's where it was first diagnosed, where it first started gaining popularity. But everybody's talking about it. It was in Old Lyme, Connecticut. And there was a slew of children out in the 80s uh, that were coming down with symptoms, signs and symptoms that looked like rheumatoid arthritis, joint pain, fevers, stiff neck, um, flu-like symptoms. And nobody understood what was going on, and they started. They they ended up calling it, misdiagnosing it as childhood rheumatoid arthritis. And a uh, scientist there, um, this guy uh, Bergdorfus, I think his name was. No, it's not. It's something else. But it's Borgdofi, um, Borgdofer, Borgdofer. Maybe that's it. Said no, it's not rheumatoid arthritis. Something else is going on here. What's going on? And he started to delve into the paperwork. And sure enough, all of these children, at one time or another, had been bitten by a tick. And he started to see that they were all having the similar symptoms post tick in in bitrinations. And because of that, he started saying, "Well, maybe this is caused by a specific tick." So anybody out there? You may have heard this already, especially if you're aware of Lyme disease, but the big ones we worry about here um, is the uh, deer tick, or also known as the black-legged tick. They're the predominant tick that carry the disease. Excuse me. Uh, And so by realizing that, they could start to take some preventative measures after it. Good thing is it's a bacteria. It's treatable. Uh, and we can take care of it with antibiotics, with an aggressive dose of doxycycline. So everybody out there, if you're worried about it, get doxycycline. Now, remember, when you start antibiotics, finish antibiotics. When you start them, finish them. The reason is, if you do not kill off that bacteria, you leave some of them that have already ingested some of that antibiotic. So some of these uh, little spirochetes are floating around. 
the, the Lyme disease spirochetes. They get a dose of that bacteria and they ah, it hurts them and it knocks their you know their their spiral in the dirt. They start to struggle, they start to die, but then you stop the medication. They end up surviving. And just like for us, when we can develop antibodies to kill something off, so can the bacteria. So if you just introduce the, the antibiotic to them, but you don't kill them off, they can actually start to get a resistance to the antibiotic, which means they're not going to be susceptible to that any longer, which means then you can't stop them with that antibiotic anymore. So everybody out there, if you start an antibiotic, finish your antibiotic. I, I don't know how many times I've told that to people, and, and that's the big reason why people aren't doctors aren't prescribing antibiotics to people because they say, "Well, it's building immunities to these bacteria, and we really want to be able to have, use this antibiotic if there's an epidemic." Okay, so if you start it, finish it. Okay, keep that in mind. Let's hope first off. You don't get, you don't get the, it in the first place. So how do you prevent getting bitten by a tick? So here's what happens with ticks. They're born, they hatch, they start to crawl, usually to a higher spot from where their eggs are laid. And they will crawl to as high as they can, following whatever line of vertical that they can find. A lot of them will end up in small brush and in, in, in like lar in grass. Okay? In like, you know, knee high grass. And they'll perch there and they wait. And what they wait for, like most insects and arachnids and other things, is they smell carbon dioxide. And when they smell carbon dioxide, as soon as it's underneath them, because that's what we're exhaling as we walk by, they just drop, they free fall into whatever that is. And then they follow warmth. So if they land into the animal's fur, they're going to walk along that fur and try and find a warmer spot inside that fur. And that's what this tick is doing. Even furthermore, they're going to try and, and, and the ones that don't find a spot where the animal can nod out, you know, use a tooth or use a, a paw or something, they're going to find those areas. So where do you think that they find to latch? Usually it's going to be armpits. It's going to be groin. It's straight up going to be right around your b-hole. Okay? Um, and for like animals, it's going to be around the collar because they can't get behind that collar. So those are going to be your target areas to look for for animals and also for ourselves. So when you get back from big runs and, and, and hikes, just check yourself out. Take a nice big long bath or shower. Clean yourself off. And when you bring your animals home, Comb them out. you got to comb them out with a tick comb. So make sure that they're not stuck there. But pay close attention to, you know, where the arms come into the core, where the, uh, around the eyes, around the neck, uh, and around the butt. Just got to do it, you know. This is, that's the beauty about being in medicine. You just got to just clean that stuff, man. Clean it out. You're right. So what if, even if, if you've done that, what else can you do? They sell, you know, DEET. You ever heard of DEET? Or some kind of insect repellent or flea and tick repellent? DEET is N-diethylmethotolamide, uh, also called DEET, or uh, diethyltolamide. Uh, put that on before you go out, especially not just on your regular hikes if you're walking around on a trail. I understand. I hate putting on insect repellent 
when I'm doing hikes because or runs in the wilderness because um, it starts to sweat. I start to sweat, and as I start to sweat, all of that repellent starts to run into your eyes, and it starts to irritate, and it's just a whole thing. So I wouldn't worry as much if you're running trails, but if you're, those trails are then underneath a canopy of trees. Or if you're running through non-trails where you're going through like elephant grass or high grass, they're going to stick to your shins. They're going to get on the sides of your clothes and they could burrow in underneath your socks. They could get down into, you know, climb up your, your pants, up to your groin. Those are all places that can happen. If you're sleeping in the woods, exponentially compounded problems. You got to make sure that you're paying attention to this stuff. So a lot of times, what will happen is like you know, hikers or real backwoodsmen are going out and they're not uh, taking off their socks for a couple of days because they're sleeping out in the wilderness. And when that's the case, uh, or they're not showering, those ticks have an ability to, in time, to get into the skin and really start to burrow in. And then you know, once you find a tick that's starting to bloat with your with your blood. How, who knows how long that's been? Days, most likely. And when we're talking about a window of 24 to 72 hours when that, uh, that, that bacteria can be passed to you, you're starting to deal with some serious problems. So when do you start to worry about it? What are the signs and symptoms of, tick dis- of, of Lyme disease? Well, the big one that everybody talks about is the bullseye. So if you look at your wound where that tick bit into you, you're going to see a red spot around that initial site. You're going to see a little white circle around that and then another circle of red of inflamed skin beyond that white circle. So it's a red spot, a white circle, another red red ring around that white ring. That is the telltale sign of infection from Lyme disease Watch out. Immediately get yourself to a hospital and start doxycycline. Okay? Now, if you don't take care of that or you don't see that, another good indicator is a rash at that site. So you might find a little bit of raised skin and like a little urticaria or like a little little hive area just around that local infection site. So you're looking for a bullseye and you're looking for some rash localized rash to that spot possibly could itch possibly could be you know postulated okay how are you going to see that on a dog and some dogs it's really easy to see on mine he's wire haired so it's not that simple to see i probably i'm gonna have to shave a site because all the ticks that i pulled off this dog um only one of them had actually battened on so i'm i'm confident the other three of them that i pulled off hadn't gotten into them. And by the way, I already gave him Advantix or whatever. So, and I gave him the oral stuff after. But that one site that did, I should shave that spot, make sure that I don't start to see a bullseye. What I ended up doing was asking the vet, could I get a dose of doxycycline for him? And I'm going to monitor him. And if that's, uh, if I start to see any indication, any bullseye, any obvious uh, sign, he's getting the doxycycle for sure. What else are you looking for? Well, and within a couple of days, you're going to start to see those same things. Joint pain, fever, headache, stiff neck. You get tired. You start to do stuff and you 
I got to sit down. I'm feeling tired. Man, my neck is stiff. My joints are stiff. Right? All this stuff. Flu-like symptoms, basically. Um, in later advanced stages, or but maybe even if you're in this, you know, an early stage and you're a susceptible person, you start to get some spaciness, some memory loss, or maybe memory issues. You're just kind of head in the clouds kind of feeling. Um, those aren't good. Those are bad things to start to see. And those are warning signs. All still treatable. By the way, it's all treatable now. But those are early things that you can knock this thing out quickly. So make sure that if you're doing this and you're out there in the wilderness and you're bringing your dog along, take care of yourself, take care of your dog. Take care of your kids, take care of your family, right? Uh, and, and that's the big thing that we're looking for. So how do you prevent it? Put on some insect repellent, some insect repellent, some DEET, um, wear long clothes, um, and then check your pits, check your balls, check your buttholes. Boom. The big issue, you know, when you're dealing with that, um, is just you're not going to be able to find this stuff out with dogs. So what happens after that? Um, if, if they start to, if you don't get this treated, this bacteria has a chance to start to get into your system. And it affects your neurologic system. Just like, just like uh, meningitis would, or, I mean, if we bring it back to another spirochete like syphilis, eventually it starts to eat away at your nervous system. It starts to etch through those axons and dendrites and all of those, those, you know, the little coatings around the nerves. And when that happens, it's a, it starts to sclerify. It starts to cause scarring on your nerve paths. And because of that, guys that maybe would um, have an issue in the future with maybe multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's or, you know, any kind of neurologic issues, this is going to be a catalyst to cause that to come on faster and to a harder, to a more extreme case. So, like for me, example is, you know, I had cancer of the, um, of my, of my olfactory nerve. So, if I already have an issue with the neurology of, of my body, I do not want any kind of exacerbator like a bacteria that's going to start attacking my neurologic uh, system. Big issues. I let this dog jump up into my bed. I got to watch out for that because he's going to drop some, you know, if I don't take care of it, if he doesn't, if I don't comb it out of him, then it's going to be floating around on my bedspread. And it could definitely get up into the bed sheets and it could get into my butthole. And I'm just not letting anybody into my butthole. I'm not letting any Tom, Dick, Tom, Tick, and Harry into my butthole. You know what I'm talking about? It ain't gonna happen. You gotta smooth me. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know what I mean? I, hey. So the question is you gotta be on your dog when he gets home, comb him out. Take care of yourself. Get in the shower. Clean yourself off. Shower your dog off. And then if you're worried about it on your sheets, a real easy way to take care of it is take all your sheets off. Hot laundry, water, soak them. Ticks breathe oxygen. If you dunk all of your all of the bed linens into the water and you let it sit, you know, after you run it, let it sit in the water for maybe, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, you're good. It's going to be fine. Don't sweat it. But don't take any chances about this, okay? Because I do have a couple of friends that have dealt with this. Now, one of them, an ex-girlfriend of mine's mother got it. She lived on the East Coast. 
Um, wonderful woman and great, great girl. I kind of miss her, but she's great. She was great. Um, and we've been talking, um, just seeing how she's doing and everything. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I was talking to her about Lyme disease. She's like, yeah, it killed. It just really affected my mom throughout her entire life. Her, she started to kind of wither at a very early age. They, they completely missed it. And at that point, it had become systemic. So what happens is these, these back, this bacteria lodges itself in the nerve roots. It then starts to eat away at the myelin sheaths of the nerves. It then starts to scar all of these areas where, you know, a myelin sheath, a picture a nerve. A nerve looks like this little cord and then it branches into all like a tree, like a tree branch with leaves on the end. And it connects up with leaves from another tree and then they, they go into another nerve. But around them are these little myelin sheaths. They're like little insulators. It would be like the plastic or the, the, the rubber around an, a, a, an extension cord. So as the, this bacteria starts to eat away at the nerves, it starts to eat away at the cord insulator. And when that happens, those nerves can then trigger other nerves around them rather than having any coating around them to have that, that nerve uh, signal go from where it's supposed to go to where it, you know, from where it is to where it's supposed to go. And if that happens, you start to have all these little twitches and jammers, and that's like what Parkinson's or, you know, in a very simple term, that's in a very simple breakdown of this. That's what starts to happen with, like, MS Parkinson's, you start to see those random shakes. The shakes are because the nerve signal is being sent to all of the nerves and it's causing the muscles to twitch. And this bacteria will cause that. It'll eat away at the insulating protection around each neuron and then start to allow the, 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 the synapses to, um, or to, to allow the signal to travel without being inside a synapse. Very bad news. So, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I'm getting a little bit bored of myself talking. But here are the big things to keep in mind, okay? You're going to be out in the wilderness. you got to watch out for Lyme disease. The big things to keep in mind are, if you're out there in that world and exposing yourself to it, you have to be vigilant on your body, which means you should wear some insect repellent. You should wear some long sleeve clothes. And if you're bringing an animal out there, you need to make sure that when you get back home, you're combing out this animal, making sure that they don't have any ticks on them. If they do and it has not battened on, I mean, meaningly, if you comb it out and it comes out with its full body intact and it's skittering around on the comb, it hasn't actually gotten into the skin. It's a warning sign, but it still isn't proof that it's bitten into the body and hence infected the animal. Comb them out every time you get home. And if you get one that is inside, here's another thing. Don't pick it out with tweezers. They will get stuck inside there. They sell these little twisty guys that you you put over the head of the tick or the body of the tick, and then you spin it clockwise or counterclockwise. And by spinning it, you'll take the tick out head and all and get it out. I'm not sure about this uh, putting a match tip on the back end of the tick or covering it in peanut butter. Those two reasons behind that are this. You put the match end against the the back of the tick, and it's so uncomfortable, it's burning the tick. The tick unburrows out of it, 
and then you can take the tick out. That's the idea. You, if you, you take a match, you're not leaving a live flame on there. You blow it out, and you put the match head on the tick's body. And the pain of it causes the tick to unbatten its mouth and come out, unlatch. And then you can pull it off. More on that later. Another way of doing it is cover the tick in peanut butter or Vaseline. And the thinking there is, well, you put the tick in, you put the Vaseline around that tick, it's going to suffocate. Eventually, it needs to breathe oxygen. Now, by putting that coating around it, that paste, it's going to start to suffocate and then pull out and try and get to oxygen. And then you can comb it off or pick it off. Um, I'll tell you a little story. When I was, I think, 12 or 13, I stayed at my good friend Matt Herman's house. We, we stayed, we camped out outside. We had a hell of a good time. I remember we, um, we uh, pilfered some of his parents' alcohol, and we were down in the tent. We had a great night. We, um, you know, caused some trouble to the point that the, the police showed up. Uh, we weren't doing anything. We were just being loud, whatever. And he was in a very affluent neighborhood. So I guess the neighbors called the cops or something. So we showed up. They showed up. And they walked up. And they went, you know, the light on us. And he went, my, uh, my father's name is Jerry Herman. He's the district attorney of Red County. And they went, okay. And he's like, all right, just, just letting you know. I, I don't know. And like, you guys doing anything bad? I'm like, no, sir. We're not doing anything. All right. Well, keep it down because we hear the music. We had like a little Walkman down there, like a Walkman. Keep it down, guys. If we get called out here again, we're going to have to send you up to Jerry Herman's house. Sorry, officer. Okay. We're going to have to send you up there. All right. So we spent the rest of the night in this tent in the backyard, and it was a great night. Cut to two days later, I'm feeling this soreness on my back right between my shoulder blades. And I couldn't... You know, I'm going, what is this? So I walked out to my mom, and I'd just been like, I don't know. I was like running around in the back. I was only 12 or 13, and maybe I was coming back from baseball practice or something. And I'm like, Mom, is there a bruise on my back? You know, and my mom looked and went, oh, my God. Rich, Rich, get in here. What? What is it? My dad's in the back with his buddy LJ. And having a few beers. It's like a Friday night. It was a nice night, by the way. It's like late May, early June. My, you know, great nights, you know. They're coming up here. Boys and girls, it's going to be great. And he comes in. He's having a beer. And he goes, what? She goes, he's got a tick right on his back. Oh, my. And, you know, and she's not she's not creeped out. But she's like, we got to get it. And he's like, yeah, I got it. And LJ comes around. He's like, yeah, let's pull this. We got it. Let's get this thing out. So it's my mom. It's my dad. And it's LJ. And they, they're they working on three different ways to get it out. Well, I heard it's the, it's the matchstick, the match head. They try the match head. No go. <laughs> big, big time negatory. Didn't work. I'm leaning over in the kitchen. I got my elbows on the stovetop. And they tries the matchstick thing. Didn't work. Didn't work. They try to do it with the hot flame. Didn't work. And then she's going, Rich, you're going to just kill it. And then it's just going to be stuck in there. I know what I'm doing. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, flips it up. Uh, and then, and then uh, she goes, well, what about the peanut butter? And he goes, uh, no, no, no. We're just going to, we're going to get it out. Hang on. Give me the, and LJ goes, give me some tweezers. I'm going after this. He's about four beers deep, which is fine. I do some of my best work four beers deep. Four beers deep. Anyway, um, 
we, we, you know, I can drive fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so he gets the tweezers and he starts to work it and I could hear him. Now, meanwhile, I'm just over this counter and looking at the stovetop and I can feel him pulling the skins, pulling back. Doesn't hurt. But he's picking and I'm like, get it. You got to get it. Well, sure enough, he just pulls off the abdomen and all the legs and the, the, the head still stuck inside me. So then it was a lot of pissed off, you know, like, oh, now it's not going to work. Now no, we're going to do it. We've got to take him into that. Now we're going to get it out first. How do we get it out? So my dad goes, well, hang on a second. And he whips out. He's always got a pocket knife on him. And it's always sharp. And he goes, all right, well, let's sterilize this thing. We're going in. And he, uh, him and LJ proceeded to start to cut and, and, you know, gouge this. I, I mean, I do remember the feeling of him doing like a, 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 a clockwise semicircle around this thing and them going, that son of a bitch is dug in. And they're <laughs> going, hey, hey, Case, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, uh, just get it, just get it. Ah! Okay, sorry, are you good? Yeah, yeah, just get it out, just get it out. And they just started cutting, and they kind of cut out a lot of the flesh around it, and they basically just cut out skin and tick face out of my skin, um, which then ended up, you know, bleeding and throwing a bandage on, and it was every day for about three days because you're still 13, like twelve, thirteen. You're like almost, you know, you're growing. But you're still your your parents' child, so they're like, "Get over here! I gotta check it." And you're like, "I don't want it. It's fine. Get over. It. Check it." Do you know what I'm talking? Do you, do you guys understand that like feeling of you're you're starting to get a little bit of steps, and then the parents just pull you back, like my dog right now. Um, and and I had to deal with that, and they're looking for the the uh, the, the target, the, looking for the bullseye, and nothing happened. But if you don't get that head out initially. Uh, it's going to suck. So you don't want to lose that head in there. So I'm going to buy this little tick, de-ticker, this little, you know, the thing you, you spin around, and I'll let you know how that is in the next couple of days. If it works, hopefully, Smoke Dog Millionaire doesn't get any more ticks, and I don't have to worry about that. I highly doubt that's going to be the case, because I'm going to keep running, and he's going to keep getting into the brambles. And uh, I'm going to encourage that. I don't care, man. Hey, you get some ticks. We're going to get them off. I give them the medication. And I'm also, one thing I didn't mention is you can get a Lyme's disease, a Lyme disease immunization or a vaccine, vaccination. And hopefully that will prevent any issues. That, that's really what I'm hoping for is that just prophylactic vaccine will, you know, hopefully stop any kind of systemic thing from happening. Because I'll tell you this, another thing happened to a friend of mine who I work with, who's a firefighter, and we do a lot of wildland firefighting. And that's another group of people that have to deal with this. You're out and you're not showering for days and you're out in the wilderness and you're sleeping inside the fire engine or on top, on top of the hose. And you're not taking off your shoes and socks every day, at least not your socks. So by the time you find this thing, it might be already the time that you've been infected and he had to go into the hospital he had to stop work for about six to eight months and they checked him for the different the two different Lyme disease strains Borella burgdorferi 
and Borella Mayoni E tested negative to that. And he spoke to the doctor and he said, well, that doesn't actually tell you everything. From what we found, there's 28 different strains of Lyme disease. We only test for two or maybe four in certain cases. And if that's the case, we're going to miss this. So he had lost complete energy. He lost. He was like he had like Epstein-Barr. He was completely depleted. He had no energy. He would feel great for, you know, half the day. And then suddenly he had to sit down. He had to sleep. And he was ruined. He was ruined. And there, were, there was a period of time of months where they were checking for cancers. They were checking for heart disease. They had no idea what was wrong with them. And I couldn't imagine going to the hospital and them running all of the tests and saying, we don't know what's wrong with you. And saying, I, could you check for autoimmune issues? Uh, we did. There's nothing, there's nothing irregular there. Okay. And then they start to look at you as if, well, maybe you're lying about this. You know, is there a chance that maybe this is emotional? No, it's not. There's something wrong. And the more that we dwell on this as an emotional issue, the more time whatever this is has to take hold. And because they weren't getting to it, he went to another specialist and she said, you know what? Let's just start the Lyme disease treatment protocol. We know he didn't test positive, but let's just give him some of this. Within a few days, incredibly, his body became uh, more energetic. He started to gain more memory. He suddenly felt 100% better. And he said, I don't, and she said, look, we never found a positive test for it. But with the medication we would give people that have Lyme's, Lyme disease, you're, you're succeeding. So it's got to be something, if not that disease, then something that mimics it incredibly well. And we're lucky. He's very lucky that he got that taken care of uh, to a point where it doesn't get a chance to finally embed inside your nervous system and then start to cause or at least exacerbate things like multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's. So if you're starting to feel these symptoms and you don't know what they are, Start to get tested and then start to insist on some kind of medication to take care of yourselves. Okay? Because it's nothing to, to, to just scoff at. He almost didn't come back to work. But he's back. And we're back. And we just wanted to bring this to you to let you know Lyme disease is not anything that you should be screwing around with. If you feel like you're getting sick and you've been out in that wilderness, make sure you get treated. And then make sure your old Alamale gets his treatment or her treatment too. All right, that's all I got for you today, and I love you. Remember, pass it on. This is a quick impromptu, but uh, a well-deserved and well-necessary, well-necessary thing. I've got to pass on it. It's about Lyme disease, and I'm fucking limey, but I also love the fact that Ken is passing this on to you, because if you got it, then you get it, and then we got it, and everybody gets it right. Right? Right. Now, if you got it, as Ken always says, he's my mate. If you got it, then use it, mate. Peace out.